Hey guys, I'm Valerie. And I'm Jasmine, and this is Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. Thank you for coming to listen to our podcast. We're so excited to get started. (laughs) Episode one. So our first season, as of right now, we think we're going to do eight episodes per season, is going to be on missing persons. Super excited. Um, But not in like a weird way. It's just, I know, like, I'm hoping that we can cover a lot of cases that people don't know about. Um, So, yeah. I think it's going to kind of revamp some cases and get people's peaks, interests peaked. (laughs) Yes, get their their peaks interested. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, we we definitely are going to try to cover some lesser known things. If you have any suggestions, feel free to email us at craftsdraftsandcrime at gmail.com. We also have all the social media stuff. So there's that. <laughs> We're on Facebook and Instagram at Crafts, Drafts, and Crime. And then our Twitter is Crafts and Crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Valerie operates Twitter because I'm not a Twitter person. I love but, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I love the Instagram and the Facebook. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't really like the Facebook. So that's mostly Jasmine. So now you know where you stand. Instagram's a nice mix of us. But the rest of it... <laughs> It's pretty it's one-sided. One yeah. <laughs> so, you know, let us know what you think of this first episode. We're going to be taking suggestions as we go. And we, of course, want feedback. Um, and we hope you like it. So let's get started. So for today, our sources are going to be Case Law, Charlie Project, Oklahoman, and Joplin Globe. So our case starts out in Woodward, 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 Oklahoma, which I already <laughs> fucked up the name of it. So fantastic. Um, and I did not look up where in Oklahoma that is because I do not care. Um, <laughs> it's in Oklahoma in the U.S. And we are starting out with 27-year-old Catherine Rutan. Um, she was living with her two sons, Justin, who was four, and Logan, who's six. They all had recently moved in with a friend of her boyfriend's, Michael. So she had met Michael online and she showed up at his house two weeks later to move in with him, which is not two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, okay, well, we weren't planning on that, but um, we'll try to make it work. And after a couple weeks of them living there, he was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. You have to get out. Um, So he had this friend, Melody, who was looking for a roommate. So he told them to go ahead and move in with her. And they didn't break up at this point in time, which to me is kind of weird because to be like, you can't live in my house, but I want to stay together. Right. That is kind of strange. Like, first of all, you came two weeks after we started talking and then I don't want you to live with me, but I still kind of want to be with you. Nah, that's weird. Especially with her having two kids. Right. That's kind of scary too. Well, yeah, we'll get into that later. Don't worry. So (laughs) he actually agrees to pay her bills. At Melody's place. So Catherine's not working. (laughs) Well, I'm going to criticize the hell out of her throughout this thing. And I'm not sorry. I will not ever make fun of our victims. But I will bash the shit out of the crazy people in these cases. So. Definitely. In June of 2002, Catherine makes a call to DHS. And she asks them to admit six-year-old Logan to a psych ward. Now, I don't have kids, so it's kind of hard for me to say, but Jasmine, you do have a kid. So, like, what kind of thing would make you want to give up your daughter or put her in a psych ward? I mean, nothing. Well, that's just me because I love her to death. But, 
I mean, nothing really, like, unless, like, you know, a psychiatrist was like, all right, let me, uh, I think you should definitely admit her, da, 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 da. But, like, other than that, I don't, I don't think there's very much that would make me want to, like, involuntarily commit her. Yeah, I think it's probably true for most parents. I think it's kind of the idea of being a parent. But, again, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Catherine tells DHS that Logan is a danger to Justin, which is the younger of her sons, because he has a habit of starting fires. And Logan did legitimately have a history with fire. Prior to this call to DHS, Melody actually had walked into the house to the smell of sulfur, and Justin had matches, and Logan had two unlit cigarettes. Which, first of all, maybe just, um, you know, friendly tip, leave cigarettes and lighters out of reach of your small children. Right. Um, how old were they again six during and, this time? Six and four. Six and four, right. So that's, like, really young, I feel like, to be messing with um, pyrotechnics, basically, like, any kind of fires. But, like, when I was younger, I messed with fires like me and my cousins anytime we would have like a bonfire we'd be throwing random shit in there to make sure it blows up and to see what kind of color the flames change and right. all kinds of stuff but i mean we're not like pyros or anything but it was pretty fucking fun <laughs> i also don't i also don't think that it's like terrible to want to be excited by fire when you're young i think that's pretty normal but I also want to mention that when the kids are playing with the lighter matches, so, or excuse me, the lighter and the cigarettes, Melody walks in, Catherine's there. She's sleeping. This bitch who doesn't work needed to take a nap. Okay, so, like, I really wish I could take a nap with my kid. I mean, mind you, she's, like, one, and, like, yeah, no, but still, like, bitch, you don't even work. What are you tired? How are you tired? I mean, I get that everybody deserves naps. (laughs) Everybody deserves naps. But, like, she's just sleeping with cigarettes and lighters in reach of her children. I'm just saying not the parenting award of the year. So. But also, it's kind of like, it makes me feel like maybe she expected, like, Melody um, to, uh, was that her name, Melody? Yeah. Melody? Melody. Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like she kind of expected her to, like, reprimand them for her. Like, since she seen their, that she was asleep. Like, maybe she thought they were on that, like, that kind of, like, um, on those terms. Like, where she's like, yeah, you know, if you're around my kids and they're doing something bad that they shouldn't be doing, you could reprimand them. I don't know. That could be. Well... Prior to this incident, Catherine's boyfriend, Michael, who, by the way, is a fire chief and is the perfect candidate to teach fire safety to these young children, he had been missing a lighter that Catherine was saying Logan allegedly had stolen from him. So my question at this point is, like, is he lighting things on fire or is he just taking lighters that you leave in reach of him? Well, supposedly Logan burned down, burnt down? Burned down? Burnt down? Burned. Burned. Burned? (laughs) Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Logan burned down Catherine's fourth husband, Brady's trailer. So she's had four husbands. She is 27. 
which is my age, and I cannot imagine <laughs> being at my fourth husband right. at this age. Um, and her romantic life is a complete shitstorm that, yeah, we're going to dive into, so don't worry. Um, I was going to say, I can't, I can't even get a first-time husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, maybe within a year, right? Not, not going to happen. <laughs> nah, I've been with him for seven years. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> See, you could have been on your um fourth marriage by now. Chop chop. You're right. Oh, and I could have not been working and been taking naps for no reason. Okay. Oh, I love it. it. Your kid could have been lighting stuff on fire. Fantastic. <laughs> um. So anyhow, DHS tells Catherine they'll admit Logan and they're gonna do some testing, but it's gonna be four days until they have an opening. So Michael, who remember is paying the bills told her that she needs to move out of Melody's house now because now she's concerned and she's 100% blaming Logan, but it's actually not the first time that DHS has been contacted by Catherine. And I want to talk about that real quick. She actually contacted them two months prior to this stating that she may harm her kids. So they were briefly taken away from her, but they were actually really quickly returned right back to her. So I have a question really quick. Sorry to cut you off. But um, you said that they initially told her it was going to be like four days before they can come get the kids. Yes. That's crazy to me because like I assume that if somebody's going to call them and tell them I can't do this. I need these kids gone. Like it's going to be a really bad situation. Blah, blah, blah. Even if they don't say all that. Like I assume if somebody calls you and tells you they don't want these kids you're trying to get to them as soon as possible, not fucking four days later, just because you don't know what these people are willing to do to get rid of these kids until you come and get them. That's a really good point. I actually hadn't considered that yet. But no, you're yeah, right. Like, yeah, that is a really dangerous factor. Yeah, that's crazy. But anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> well, so when she had gotten them taken away the first time, she actually went to court to get them back. And she met Michael online the day after DHS took them because what else would you do after you have your kids taken away? So right. she initially told them that she, or excuse me, she initially told him, Michael, that she would only be getting Justin back. She then changed her mind and decided that she wanted both of her boys back, which is a huge fucking red flag. Can you imagine you start dating somebody and they're like, yeah, I only want one of my kids back. Just kidding. I'm going to take them both. What is going right. on? Or like the fact that you're dating and then they don't have either one of their kids. And then you find out it's because they didn't want their kids. And then they tell you they, they only want one. Then they're like, oh, no, let me have both of them. Like, first of all, that shouldn't even be a fucking option. Like, you should get like one chance to get your kids taken away because you're giving them up. And then maybe get them back. But after that, if you tell them to take them away again, you should not be able to get them back. I agree. And it's really sad that our system, the way that it is, is that it can't support children. So therefore, if somebody's willing to take them back, they can have them back. And that's right. Really like I'm all for like reuniting families. Like I get it. Their number one goal is to get the kids back to their birth parents. However, that's not always the best case scenario. And we've seen cases where stuff like that goes wrong. I just think it's bullshit, but whatever. I think it's bullshit Sorry. too. And <laughs> I mean, just in terms of, you know, Michael seeing this firsthand and starting to date her, like, so literally the only thing I learned in college is that men are more likely to be colorblind. And I think that this is a very good example of him missing a giant red flag in front of his face. 
<laughs> so I like that. Michael's sister Deborah saw the red flags, and Catherine literally said to her, "Quote: If Logan starts another fire, I'll be forced to do something I don't want to do." What does that mean? So you don't. You're not forced to do things you don't want to do. That's not a thing like that. And why are you telling your new man's sister this, first of all? Yeah, like, you shouldn't say weird. it at all. But then you're going to go and tell his family, a family member that? That's not okay. You don't even know her. Like, right. she should have called uh, DSS on her immediately if she didn't. Well, and see, that's the thing, is that, like, it's pretty sad. So all of Catherine's family, actually, and everybody close to her said that she treated Logan poorly. Like, it's really sad that people have seen this firsthand and heard things like that firsthand and that nothing was ever done about it. And I'm not blaming those people. It's not their responsibility. But at the same time, if you find yourself in that situation where you can be that savior for a child, please, dear God, do it. Call somebody. Tell somebody. Like, that's right. not... And also really quick um do we know how she treated his brother like did she treat him just as bad or was it mainly logan it was just logan so like that kind of makes me think of like well maybe like she treated him bad like maybe like his, her and his dad kind of ended on the wrong foot and she's like taking it out on him because of how they ended or to get back at his dad versus her older son or her other son um you know she's still kind of cordial with his dad like i don't know i don't know if we know anything more about logan's dad but yeah that is an interesting theory and i'm actually going to kind of go into more of the reasons why she disliked logan compared to his brother justin and okay. actually because you just mentioned um of their parents so Justin's dad is different than Logan's dad. And after Catherine and Justin's dad divorced, Catherine moved in with another man named Paul, who also said that she paid more attention to Justin. And she had told Paul that she had felt trapped and she couldn't enjoy her life because of her kids. <laughs> but you had two. You didn't just have one and figure that out. You had two. So you knew with the first one, you couldn't do all the shit you wanted to do. So then you went and had a second one, and now you feel like this? Nah. Right. Stupid. And then, um, yeah, for, I just assumed that they had different dads with all these divorces she keeps having. <laughs> I was going to say, that was kind of a funny <laughs> assumption. But so when she was dating Paul, he noticed that there were bruises on Logan's back, his thighs, and his butt. And get this, Catherine blamed him. What? Like, how do you blame somebody for abusing a child when it was either you or him like he knows it wasn't him <laughs> like we, who are you trying to fool it's not like she was telling dhs that it's not like she was telling you know what i mean like she to yeah. his face accused him of abusing logan and he was like what the fuck is going on so he left that was not his words verbatim but you know maybe actually so her <laughs> next husband is brady he's the one who got his trailer burned down so, okay. according to Catherine, Logan was imitating a Pokemon card, which I'll actually post the picture of it on our Instagram, of Charizard, which is a fire-breathing dragon. And I didn't have to look that up. <laughs> I was. Like, I remember Charizard. Charizard. <laughs> well, He's, like, yellow and orange, right? Right. And there's this one where I guess he's, like, breathing fire 
so like he had a one of those long range lighters that like I used to light candles so I don't burn my fingers. Um <laughs> and he would like put it a little so like I'm trying to like explain it. So it was like in front of him and he would move it around like as if he was breathing fire. Yeah, makes sense. Or like you know how some people have you ever seen people like light the lighter and then do like hairspray or like any kind of aerosol thing? Oh and yeah, it shoots out fire. Oh, thank That's God what I kind of imagine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so Brady went back and searched the rubble after the trailer burned down for the supposed lighter, and he couldn't find it because he was like, I, you know, because they were smokers. He's like, I don't know about this long range lighter thing. Like we're not lighting cigarettes with that. And just from Catherine describing it, he didn't buy it. And he couldn't find this lighter. So he came to his senses and he left Catherine. So she was like, think you next. And she damseled and distressed her way into Richard's life. He had a daughter who was at the same daycare that the boys went to. And she told Richard that they were getting evicted. So Richard offered for them to move in. Which That is a super ballsy move for somebody with a child. Right. First of all, can we just like talk about this real quick you are a single parent both of them both of you are single parents you both have small kids so first of all she doesn't really know him she doesn't know if he abuses his own child much less if he'll abuse her children and then vice versa like you just you can't do this to these kids like that's what i was worried about when you said all of that she's had all of these uh, men in her life like i would that would be my number one worry like are you gonna abuse my child like i don't know you like that after two weeks like right I, mm. well i mean and aside from the fact that she clearly doesn't care whether or not somebody abuses her children right. you know i just want to also bring up that like young boys obviously get abused too because i'm thinking in terms of like her moving in with this guy who has a little girl like he's mm -hmm. probably not concerned right because he's like oh she's not gonna even though women do abuse baby girls you know what i mean mm -hmm. or well young girls right. i should say she's not a baby but you know it's like people abuse both genders adults and children like definitely that's not something that we should ever you know not account for you can't just say well she's a woman she's not gonna you know molest my young daughter or abuse in some way my young daughter like that's not how that works or he's a guy Definitely. he's not going to abuse my young son <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might. yeah yeah so it's a really dangerous situation to put your kids in um but what scares him off actually <laughs> is that Catherine tells him in bed one night that she wished that there was a way that she could kill her kids and get away with it what the fuck and he says what the fuck? No, I'm kidding. He says, <laughs> excuse me? And she was like, oh, I'm just kidding. Because, you know, mom jokes. So... The bitch, what? He, like, yeah. hold up. You well, want to kill the kids that came out of you? What makes you think you're not going to kill the kid that came from me? Exactly. So he actually went and he slept in his daughter's room that night and he kicked her out. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Like, yeah, that little girl right there, she, she was safe that whole night. Right. He yeah. was like, oh, hell no. So after this, this is where she had the aforementioned run-in with DHS. She met Michael, moved in with Melody. So now this is where we're at. And also I want to bring up how not great it is for your kids to move around that much. I mean, they're moving every couple weeks at this point. They're moving more than 
Pete families that are in the army. And right. that's crazy. Right. Like you, it's like they're homeless. They're literally like homeless because they just don't have anywhere, any stable like homes. And like that fucks with a kid's psyche. Like it's, they like have no chance to make friends. They have these men going in and out of their lives. They don't have like one stable male figure in their lives. They, um, they like, they just, they're just at risk and she doesn't give a fuck because all she wants to do is marry and figure out who's going to take care of her. Right. Basically, that's exactly what she's doing. She could not care about them at all. So that kind of sums up the slew of red flags to kind of get you in the right headspace for what we're going to talk about. So let's go to where our story happens, which is on June the 23rd of 2002 at around three to four in the morning, Melody, because they're still living with Melody at this point, um, she wakes up to Logan screaming and crying. So she went back to bed because, you know, that's not her kid. And she got up at around six o'clock for work and she asked Catherine about Logan because Catherine was awake. She was like, oh, you know what happened? What was, you know, is he okay? And Catherine said he was sick. So she put him in the basement. No. (laughs) It's a weird thing to do. Um, So later that day, Catherine told Melody and her boyfriend, Michael, that DHS took Logan and he would be going to live with his dad. Now, this is only three days after that that DHS call. Remember, they said they would take him in four. So, you know, maybe they were able to get him a day early. Okay, fine. Well, she also has a bruise on her arm that she says that Logan inflicted. So, this is not even the beginning of the suspicion. Right. She's giving this little boy a lot of credit for a bunch of shit I'm sure he didn't do. And just to go right back to the basement real quick, I'm so sorry. But, um... Yeah, no, that that is crazy. I'm sorry. I just like if I, there. <laughs> if I was sick and my mom threw me in the garage or in the attic, like what the fuck? That's child neglect at a thousand. Right. And their basement was like how you picture basements. Like it wasn't a like nice furnished, finished basement. It was a creepy, like shaky light hanging from the ceiling, dark, cold basement with cement floor like it was exactly like you're imagining it was not a good place to put a sick child right you guys are gonna come to find out i am terrified of basements i am terrified of people living in my walls in the attic yeah no okay anyways continue sorry yeah i'll just think (laughs) i'm I'm not afraid of basements but all those other things actually unless, unless it's nighttime when i was a kid we had um we had an unfinished basement, but I had a corner in the basement where I had like an area rug and a TV and a couch and stuff like that that like my friends could hang out with. It was like our, you know, little private space, whatever. Mm. Um, and we used to sleep in there. You're fucking crazy. You crazy. And you know what? Maybe it's because I'm from Florida and we don't have basements because, you know, we're below sea level. We can't do that. Um, and yeah nah I'm, I can't and if I move into a house and it has a basement that shit's getting sealed off I'll go fuck ain't nobody <laughs> do going not down seal there. it off somebody can be living in there and you wouldn't know it oh my god shut up oh I just got I just got goosebumps just thinking about my future pretend house that I don't have and somebody living in my basement while it's sealed off stop it <laughs> you know what the weird thing about basements too is that they lock from like the outside of the basement so like if you're in the basement somebody can lock you in the basement 
yeah, I don't like that. You see, when you watch every single scary movie and somebody run has to run into the basement, they get locked in the fucking basement. Like, I'm not, I'm not down with that. No, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, it didn't bother me as a kid, but I think it would bother me now. Like, I don't think I could spend an all night in the basement unless I was, like, drunk, so drunk that I would fall asleep. Like... <laughs> Because I think I would scare the shit out of myself. Whereas when I was my a teenager. My anxiety is on a million right now. Just thinking about my <laughs> pretend basement I've never had. Let's not. Let's <laughs> stop then. So on July 7th, Catherine's adoptive parents found out that Catherine put Logan in a facility. And they asked Catherine which facility. And she won't tell them. So they speak with one of Catherine's brothers, Mickey, who decides to call the police to do a welfare check. So the police show up to do the welfare check and Catherine is visibly trembling. So she tells them that her brother Brian somehow got a hold of her. And by somehow, I mean, they're not very close and Brian travels for work. So he can be hard to get a hold of. But she says that she asked Brian to take custody of Logan until she finds a place from him. Just a reminder, she had just told everybody that DHS took him just like two weeks ago. Well, she gives Brian her address and him and a woman named Lori and another man allegedly came and picked Logan up on June the 23rd. They're going camping and are expected back mid-July. So he, you know, she said that he traveled for work, first of all, which I mean, if there is a kind of job like that where you can just take off three months in the summer to go camping and fall off the grid, I want it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a camper but that sounds pretty cool they got just bullshit <laughs> right um that would be amazing but the cops are like that doesn't make any sense so what they don't know is that the cops actually have mickey's info so they reach out to him so that they can get a hold of brian and brian says he hasn't seen logan in over a year but Catherine thinks she's super clever so she has a stranger call from a payphone at the gas station to leave a voicemail for her at the house pretending to be Brian. Which, what a charming human she must be to first of all get married four times, but also to convince a stranger to do something like this because this is what the message says. And I quote, she has Logan. He's alright and they'll be back in a few weeks. What? What does that mean? How do you approach somebody, like a stranger, and say, hey, um, I need you to call this number and say these exact words or say something like this? Like, like, how the fuck are you going to do that? Like, I can't imagine doing that. Like, how confident do you have to be in yourself? Well, and also that obviously sounds like somebody is missing. Like, why would you agree to that? Right. Exactly. I mean, unless you like paid them or whatever, but either either Even way, so. like don't like don't come up to me with no. I need you to call this number and say X, Y, and Z. See, that's why I hated payphones. Like, I love payphones. I love them, but I hate them because, like, first of all, you there's an infinite an infinite amount of people that use the same payphone every day, so you can never really narrow down who it was that used it. Blah blah. blah. So yeah, no. I agree. It's really inconvenient here, too. But even weirder is, like, why would you have someone say that? She has Logan. Who, what? Who, first of all, say, hello, Catherine. This is your brother, Brian, calling. Like, what? you know what I mean? But. 
she just like didn't think that through at all. And not at all. So the officer who was there that she showed this voicemail to, his name is Monty. He's a huge part of this case. He calls Brian on the spot and Brian yells at Catherine, but there's still no answers to Logan's whereabouts. They bring Catherine in for questioning and they search the house. And in the basement, here's what they find. Orange candle wax on a pillow, masking tape with hair on it, rope, drain cleaner, and tiny blood stains. And they also find plastic sheeting in her car. So Catherine says that the boys played with the tape and the candles during a tornado warning. Which is possible, but what about the blood? Right. I mean, like, one of them could have, like, hit themselves on something and maybe, like, you know, scraped their knee or something and it could have caused a little bit of blood or something. That's possible. And it is Logan's blood. They test it for DNA and it's his. But this is all circumstantial. And though she had called DHS, police can't pin her with any motive to hurt Logan. What do you mean? I know. But the case gets publicized. And on the news, when Catherine gets interviewed, she says, quote, I miss my son. I want him back. If anyone knows anything, let us know. So the searches ensue, and Catherine actually never joins in. She never publicly thanks anybody for helping look for Logan. Nothing. Because she sucks. Well, <laughs> later that month, there's finally a break in the case. Catherine meets Rick. He says he's a truck driver, but he's actually in the narcotics task force. And he steals some of her cigarette butts for DNA and sets up cameras and wires his apartment before having her over. So she gives them the piece that they've been missing this entire time, which is a motive. She tells Rick all of the problems she's been having with Logan. She's really dumb. She is dumb. Like, you just met him and you're telling him all of this? What the fuck? You've got to be the dumbest criminal I've ever met. She is very dumb. I haven't even met you, but still. (laughs) I didn't catch that. You could have got away with that. Um, But they can't arrest her because they don't... What did I just say? Did I just make up a word? Arrest Arrest her. Um, They didn't arrest her because they don't have an actual confession But Justin, at this point, has been taken into protective custody, and he kind of filled in the missing pieces. He, This is your trigger warning. He said Logan was very pale and had tape over his eyes, and he wasn't moving. And the night, they went for a drive into the country. Catherine took Logan, a borrowed shovel, and plastic out into a field. Justin was instructed to stay in the car because there are snakes. Catherine came back into the car alone and Justin asked where they were going. Well, they stopped at a house that Catherine went into by herself and Justin started asking where Logan was, which Catherine responded with, quote, he went where the bad boys go. And if you ever do anything like he did, you'll end up in the same place. Okay. What on so, earth can a six-year-old do that is so bad? Right. And on top of that, you not only, like, you not only did, obviously, something horrendous to your child, but on top of that, you're you're putting your other child in the middle of all of this, and you're potentially scarring your other child for life. Like, your kid is 
seen you try to get like get rid of his brother. It's horrendous. What the fuck? I know. It's horrendous. So one of the agents, Ron Parrish, asked Justin why his mom needed a shovel. Do you want to guess what he said? Uh, to bury my brother? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes. She, <laughs> I mean, no, but yeah. I know, I, I know. Her. You did a good job. But that, how could the fuck could you tell your four-year-old that? Right. Like, what the fuck? Yes. Like, the fact that he... Like, so when I think of, like, a four-year-old, okay, so I, I have a child, but when you think of a four-year-old, they're not in school yet. Like, you think, like, they're, like, super young, they don't notice much, like, they're, like, their attention span is, like, five seconds. But, like, for this four-year-old to sit there and be able to tell you my mom used this shovel to bury my brother, come on. I know. Like, he, I don't think, my hope, I shouldn't say I don't think, my hope is that he doesn't understand what he's saying. That he doesn't, like, I mean, that he know he knows what he's saying, but mm-hmm. he doesn't understand the consequence of what happened. Because how right. traumatizing. Like, hopefully he's saying, like, kind of, like, nonchalant, like, I'm just literally just answering a question. Yeah. And oh, she it. said she buried Logan. I don't know what that means. I'll see him in a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm hoping. Right. Like, that right, he's just, right, like, right. it's that not fully sense. registering. Because he's, you know, what I would consider innocent at four years old. And I don't mean innocent yeah. in a crime. I mean, like, innocent, like, naive. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Well, so that officer, Monty, who I mentioned earlier, who's been advocating for Logan this entire time, um, is the one who got to arrest Catherine. It took three whole years for them to get all the stories corroborated and get their evidence that they would need to prosecute her because they never found Logan's body. So Monty arrests her finally at home, which is a few hours away because she moved the September after Logan disappeared, which is sketchy. Um, And her and her fifth husband, fifth husband, were living together and he was at work when she got arrested in the house. And, like, at what point does being divorced become a red flag? Like, if you were divorced four times and somebody wanted to marry you a fifth time, I'd be like, he may better not. Like, okay, so, like, I'm not shitty. We're not trying to shit on anybody who, like, has gotten, like, divorces and stuff like that, like, numerous times. Like, you know, if they're not for you, they're not for you. You know, whatever, whatever. But, like, how long did each marriage last? Like, was it a Britney Spears? Was it Britney Spears that got married for like seventy two hours or some shit like that? Like, I have no idea. Was it one of those? <laughs> like, well, it like was she... a short, like a month or something. Like, then that's a red flag, right? Like, how about if you've been divorced a few times? Wait to get married. Don't get married to somebody less than a year later for the fifth time. Like, maybe give it a few years. Right. Maybe, maybe, how about this? Maybe wait more than two weeks and really get to know somebody and like have an actual intellectual conversation and see if you guys actually mesh well and then 
start dating and then date for like a like a year or something or seven and years like get, you <laughs> right or seven years like me um because we still don't know each other i mean god no i'm just kidding no wait and then get married and realize that's the person for you or not you and know it's just crazy and it's funny because it works out for some people that they like know each other for a month and then they get married and then they're married right. forever and that's amazing yeah. but you know, it just, if it's your fifth marriage, maybe wait a little bit longer. Exactly. And also, I want to I tell a very quick story before I go into the trial here. <laughs> um, just regarding never knowing people, like, aside from all these, you know, people who, you know, are missing and who, whatever, and somebody might have killed somebody that you've known for a very long time. That aside, I worked with a woman at Pier 1 when I was 18 who told me that she was married to somebody for 10 years and did not know he had a gambling problem until he lost all their money. That is fucking crazy. You never know anybody. And that's horrifying. Like, they, you know, they were living together. They shared all their expenses. He just had a separate account that he left things in so that she wouldn't know. So That is insane. I know. Like, I, I couldn't imagine. I know. So anyways, at the trial, there's no body. Obviously, we don't know where Logan is. And it's super difficult to prosecute for murder without a body. But what they did have was Justin along with 14 other testimonies. So, I mean, that's 15 total. That's insane. And I want to talk about all of them. But I first want to talk about one that may be the answer to where Logan is. So, a sanitation worker, Mark Bell, was collecting trash a few days after Logan was last seen. There was a 40 to 60 pound blue suitcase wrapped in plastic and tied with rope that smelled like death. He did not open it because, first of all, he noticed a neighbor watching him and like eyeing him putting it into the truck. And it's very illegal to go through people's stuff like that. And also he thought it was a dead animal. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, I I guess. Well, Melody was missing a blue suitcase. So that was definitely her blue suitcase. And the good thing about it is there's a way to actually kind of track that. And they were able to use satellite images to find where the truck had dumped trash that day. So they dug through 150,000 tons of trash. They found letters from that same day indicating that they had found the correct area, but they did not find a suitcase. And it actually gets worse because Monty, that wonderful officer who was advocating for him, died on October 6, mm-hmm. 2006. And it's speculated that the fumes and heat from the dump pit are actually what killed him. And this is before the trial and family and co-workers say that he literally died looking for Logan. So, like, I've... I always wondered why they didn't do more searches, like, in landfills for, like, a shit ton of cases. Like, I just, I never understood, like, why. Like, obviously, like, to me, being an outsider, like, I would think, yeah, some some foul play happened. Like, let's go look in their trash. And then if you, if you find out that the trash has been taken since then, like, let's go look in the landfill. But then you really don't think about all the hazardous material that they throw out there. Like there's, so like, you know how everybody has like at the hospital where we work at, or we have our hazardous waste bins and stuff like that. Right. When it gets to the landfill, they just throw that shit wherever. Right. 
like my um my father-in-law he works in the landfill here where we live and he says like it's dangerous as hell like it like they have you know needles everywhere they have all this different like waste it's so crazy and to have people literally searching through these just like it he said i think antoine said it's literally like it looks like a mountain of just nothing but trash have you ever seen it I've never been over there, but the way Antoine describes it, it's like whenever because one of the job, one of the places that Antoine used to work at. Um, Antoine is my boyfriend, by the way. Sorry, guys. I just assume everybody knows him, <laughs> but um, he said he used to go um, dump like their garbage in the landfill, so they have to go up the hill of trash to the very top and then dump it and then like do like a three point turn and then go back down and then the next truck will go and just it has to go like that and um my father-in-law he actually operates like the crane to kind of make space for trucks to go up and down that thing it is insane so it's funny too that we're talking about this because i just recently passed the landfill for the first time and it is it's a literal mountain that like so, and of course, we live in North Carolina, so there's a lot of sand here where there should be dirt. Um, right. But it's kind of like a giant sand hill. So what they do is they put all the garbage and then they compact sand on top of it so that you can drive up it and put more trash. And then, like, parts of it even have grass on it. It literally looks like hills. Yeah. you can, Which is, this is not a hilly area. We live by the beach. No. It's like an incredibly <laughs> flat land. But there are like, you'll be driving off the side of the road. There's like a bunch of hills and it starts to smell kind of funny. You're like, oh my God, that's landfill. It yeah, is insane. I don't know. Like in my mind before I had seen that, I had always imagined, <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. It's like a portal <laughs> to hell. Like a giant <laughs> thing, like hole in the ground that people just dump trash into. And like eventually the hole becomes even with the ground and then it gets leveled off with cement. I know that's the dumbest thing in the entire world. I literally sense, had no idea. I'm like, I didn't realize we made it into mountains. Yeah, it's. I never knew that until Anton told me. Like, for some reason, I just felt like... So, for me, I always thought, like, it was just bigger dumpsters than what we have. <laughs> Ginormous ones. Well, now my now my pit of hell isn't as weird, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, no, like... I like, but yeah, anyways, I do understand like how that shit could definitely affect uh, everybody. And it's, it's sad that he died searching for this little boy. Like he dedicated himself to this case. I know he really did. And um, he's a big part of the reason why what happens happens. So let's move on to the next 14 testimonies. <laughs> um, Catherine's trial is by the prosecutor Ross, who I mentioned earlier. And so the second testimony, and this is not in order, just for the record, um, was Paul, who Catherine accused of beating Logan, if you remember. Mm. Um, The third person was Richard, who Catherine had said that whole, I wish I could kill my children to. Mm -hmm. The fourth was Melody, who heard Logan screaming that morning. Mm -hmm. The fifth was Lacey, who was Melody's daughter, who spoke to Justin the day after Logan was last seen. She had asked where logan was and justin said quote logan won't be coming home anymore yeah nah number six is brian which again is Catherine's brother um about his whereabouts that did not include logan (laughs) um number seven is jamie who's an acquaintance who Catherine told that she only had one son justin 
Mm. Number eight is DHS worker Linda, based on conversations that she had had with Justin. And number nine is a DHS worker, um, Christy, who also testified about conversations she had had with Justin. Number 10 is FBI agent Parrish, based on interviews that he had with Justin. Number 11 is Ron, Catherine's adoptive father, who called DHS when Catherine claimed Logan was there and discovered that that was a lie. Number 12 is DHS worker Regina, who told Catherine that she wanted, who, excuse me, who Catherine told that she wanted to relinquish her parental rights and then rescinded it days later because she found a behavioral health school for Logan. Well, Regina followed up with the school and they never heard of Logan. Also, when did, when did she say that she, when, when did she say that they took Logan? She said that that they took them. Oh, well, this was um, the day that DHS was supposed to come get Logan. She told them, never mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Um, so if DHS is going to take four days to come get your child, why would a school go ahead and take them right then and there? Look, I don't know, okay? I don't know. Health thing. Like, <laughs> this is, bitch, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well. Okay. Uh, anyways um good on her for actually like following up and definitely seeing what's up um number 13 is daycare owner shirley to whom Catherine told her eldest son wouldn't be returning just three days after he disappeared Uh uh-uh number 14 is diana who was one of several people that Catherine asked to call law enforcement and her parents and lie about seeing logan she asked a man named kevin to impersonate her brother and claimed to have him along with a few others this is when she probably resorted to that man at the gas station. And number 15, our last testifier was Justin. And let me also mention several things brought up in the trial without witness testimony. Um, Catherine literally said to someone that she was going to pretend like Logan was dead instead of taken away because it's easier to cope with. This is before he was missing. She was just going to pretend like he was dead. She's stupid. Like, no. I know. No. Like, no, I don't, I don't understand. Like if my kid ever goes missing, like legit missing and I had nothing to do with it and nobody I knew had nothing to do with it. I would not want to sit there and think that my child is dead. Like all these people who have real children who really went missing and have no idea where they're at. They're not sitting there saying, I'm just going to believe that my child's dead and that's it. No, you're going to keep looking for your child, hope, keeping hope alive. Right, exactly. And you don't ever want to think that your child's dead. Like, no. what? I know. It's literally the dumbest thing in the world. Also, what kind of psychopath who plans on doing something to their child tells everybody that they meet that they're going to do something to their child? And, and besides that, why do any of these people say anything? I know. Okay, anyways, go So, <laughs> Catherine had also been audibly upset about having to miss a motorcycle rally because she had nobody to watch Logan. Then, the following week, she ended up going, and she was captured participating in a topless contest. This is after Logan was missing. So, you live your life, you do you, but if your son went missing a week, a week ago, it's a little bit weird that you are <laughs> just out partying. Can we say Casey Anthony? I know. I was hinting. (laughs) So Catherine told her fifth husband's family that Logan had been killed by a drunk driver. Her fifth husband. The one that she was living with when she got arrested. They had no idea that he was a missing person. 
Isn't that disgusting? So in April, she had called police and was quoted saying that Logan, quote, made her so angry that she just wanted to hit him as hard as she could. It was recorded in a DHS interview that she was always angry and yelling at Logan. And she told neighbors that she couldn't stand Logan and that he was the reason she couldn't keep a relationship. Sorry, honey. That's Uh, you. That's you. Yeah. Like, the men that you deal with, they don't want to be with you because you say some crazy shit that shouldn't be said. Right. Like, think it all you want. Don't say that shit out loud if you don't want nobody to take you seriously or to leave you. Stupid. And she was also seen physically disciplining Logan with a belt and a hanger. So those are all the things that were brought up in addition to all the testimonies in court. And she thankfully was convicted of murder in the first degree, even without Logan's body. And she's currently serving a life sentence without parole as of 10-30-2007. She was only 32 years old at that time. Thank fuck. I'm like, that's amazing. So I know that we are classifying this as a missing persons case. And I wanted to do that because Logan Tucker is a missing person. We do not have his body. We have no idea truly what happened to him. Um, But it's fucking terrible. And I feel so bad for that kid. He didn't stand a chance. He really didn't. Like, she she hated him. Like, that's all there is to it. She literally hated him. Um, for existing pretty much and for being his own person. Like she doesn't know. Maybe he had ADHD. Maybe he had ADD. Like he could have had any like psychological issues that could have been taken care of. Maybe there was nothing wrong with him and she just kept lighters too close to a curious six year old. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like it it's like anything. Like you leave anything around a child who's still learning they're going to pick it up and look at it and examine it and figure out how to do it. Like it's, it's just going to happen. They're children. That's what they do. That's how they learn not to mess with shit. She obviously just didn't want the responsibility of a child. Like, so today, for example, when we were leaving work today, I asked you if you wanted to go grab a beer and you couldn't because you have a daughter to go take care of. And you weren't like, Oh no, I have to go get my daughter. You're like, nah, I can't. Right. That was it. You, that's, your, that's your priority. You're like, yeah, I have this child that I love. That this is what I do. That comes exactly. first. And she just like in no way. I mean, her kids were not even on her list of priorities. Like not even at the bottom. They just like weren't even on it. And that's terrible. And dear God, I cannot believe how people treat their children. And that that's a thing that can happen. And that so much neglect was surrounding the case. And of course, nobody is to blame but her. But at the same time, if you see somebody abusing their child or using language that makes it seem like they might harm their child, please do something. Please say something. You don't have to intervene, like, physically or personally, but please call somebody who will. Like, the police. That's why they have welfare checks. Right. Worst case scenario, they have on file that something had happened, and then when their kid goes missing two months later, they have on file... That something had happened. Exactly. So please do that. It's totally fine to do that. And I know, you know, no, I'm just done. That's it. I know. Um, Really quick. It's kind of off topic. But um, I forgot to say earlier when we started, Oklahoma, I think it's shaped like a pot. Have you ever, you know, thought about that? (laughs) 
It's a little palate cleanser. It is a it is it is a pot. <laughs> For anybody who's not in the U.S., it's a pot it's that a pot. sits on top of Texas. Yeah. Which is why Texas is so hot because it's the flame burning the pot of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> There's your palate cleanser, guys, after the raging episode. <laughs> so, on that note, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, find us on all the social media if that's your thing. If it's not, that's fine. Please review us on Apple and rate us. And we hope that you keep listening. We'll be putting out episodes every five days, so stay tuned. And thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And um, feel free to start conversations with us on our Facebook group or on Twitter with Valerie or on the Instagram. Like, we're, we're cool people. We yeah. like to communicate. Um, let us know what you hate. Let us know what you love. Like, if you don't want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, just tell us, DM us something. Um, that way we can keep giving you guys what you want to hear. If you like us joking, that's fine. Um, and we kind of just joke around just to make it a little easier for us to cover these cases. Cause some of them are going to be intense. Um, yeah. but yeah, just let us know. We're never, and if we're ever laughing in a place that you feel might be inappropriate, I just, I can only promise you that it's not at a victim's expense. It's always just, we need something palatable in the middle and we can make something funny that isn't actually funny so bear with us it's awkward laughter in the middle of some of this it really is um yeah sometimes i don't know how to process things too well so um i do a little weird laugh but yeah yeah same (laughs) well thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys later until next time Bye. bye